welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. Welcome back to 81 Points, we're here, and the NBA basketball season is here. Feels real good, doesn't it? It it feels real good because why? I mean, the Lakers are finally relevant. It's uh it's an odd feeling. It's been quite a while since it's, we've had a team like this. It's a foreign feeling because it's been a while, you know. Yeah. But um, it's this is exactly where the Lakers should be, you know. Yeah, and and uh, we are recording uh, coming off the heels of. The Lakers beating the Memphis Grizzlies uh, in blowout fashion. Something that, you know, most Laker fans it ha- have have had to take. Um, We'd be on the hits. wrong side of it. We'd some be on the wrong side of it. In recent years, you know, we've we've struggled through a lot of hard times, but uh, now we have a team that's beating teams that they're supposed to beat and beating them convincingly. Beating them convincingly, it feels good. Uh, the NBA season has has uh you know been a week old now, and there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot yeah, to digest. It's, uh, I feel like already um, storylines are developing. Already, um, some narratives are kind of coming up to the forefront. Yeah, I, I mean, I want I want us to talk about the overall NBA in its yeah. first week yeah. so far. But let's start with the Lakers in particular. So we've seen. We've seen the Lakers play four games now. They're at three and one, the best start since 2010, which was the last championship year. And uh, you know, let's talk about our overall impressions of the team so far. Yeah, um, I, I I have I've got a lot of thoughts um, so far. Um, well, let's start from the top, okay? So yeah. far, Anthony Davis, um, as advertised, mm-hmm. I. I I mean, even before tonight's game, you know, he, you don't even feel like he's been he's added the height of his powers, but like he's having he hasn't even had like, you know, before tonight those signature games, and he hasn't. I feel like he hasn't even been in his groove shooting wise yet. You could just tell the guy is a dominant force. You yeah, know? he doesn't look like he doesn't look like he's maxing out on his abilities. Yeah, and even tonight, I want to say, right. like uh, tonight, I feel like. It's just the fact that he can't, he couldn't be stopped, but he did most of his damage at the free throw line. Uh, but even tonight, I feel like his shooting wasn't necessarily like uh, otherworldly, you know, or is yeah. So basically, long story short, the guy is as advertised. The guy looks amazing, and he's not even, I feel like, in full full force. So at the top, we have Anthony Davis, who's looking just exactly the way we thought he would be looking and there's no worries there other than hoping that he stays healthy yeah he he shot seven of 17 from the field tonight which you know is yeah. so par for his standards. right his standards that's not yeah um, yet he ended up with 40 and 20 after exactly three quarters that just shows you how good he is um um so you know behind him is lebron james who I, some people i think have been very um like I was listening to sports radio today, yeah. and they they've been saying they've been kind of touting LeBron, saying that he looks 
as spry and athletic as he's always been. And I kind of beg to differ on that. Like, I feel like outside of like maybe like um, the second half against Utah and like a quarter and a half in the in the previous game or the game after that, which I think, who do we play? The Hornets. The Hornets. Yeah, I, I yeah. felt like he looked pretty damn mortal. But um, but we talked about this even while we were watching today's game. We you know, LeBron James looks like he's coasting right now. I don't mean that in a negative way. I, right. I, I, I do want him to pace himself. So that's the crazy thing about LeBron James is that him pacing himself is still like better than 95% of the NBA. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not like he's lost a step. I, I wouldn't say that. It's, it feels like he's doing his own little load management on himself. Right, right, right. And he, he knows what he has in Anthony Davis, right? Yeah, he's so basically he got knows, a Ferrari. So he he's knows that he doesn't need to go all out every game just to you know scrape out wins. And so what I'm seeing from LeBron is he's pacing himself. You know, he's not he, he's being very calculated, and we've called him the most calculated athlete ever, right? He's calculating his energy right now. And I don't And he's still stuffing the stat sheet. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. he is. So LeBron's Doing looking his thing. Good. Yeah, he's, he's, he's looking thing. amazing. Um, and then you got, let's just say his supporting cast. So th- th- I think this is where it gets interesting, right? Yeah. Um, well, actually, before we go into the supporting cast, let's talk about the coaching, right? I, I have some thoughts about the coaching, okay. too. Um, I've been pretty vocal about Vogel. <laughs> I've been vocal about Vogel. <laughs> like, he... I, I, I really hate his affinity for kcp and we don't even really have to go into it because i feel like it's a pretty universal opinion that he's just that kcp is just playing way too many minutes um but i will say this though is that his second half adjustments have been something that's i think it's very commendable um that he makes second half exactly and that's something that, we, that and that's something we just have not seen with with luke walton so yeah we'll talk about luke walton yeah a little bit later, yeah but yeah um but you know that, that's right. a big contrast yeah, so yeah. i give him that and i think that's a, a legitimate nba coach for sure we're seeing for sure and so i you know i for whatever i whatever critiques i have of frank vogel I, I have to say like after four games he i he, no complaints you know other than a couple of quips you know like i feel like he's he's doing his job and and again the second that uh adjustments are is something that i I'm definitely happy to see. Um, so now let's talk about the the supporting cast tonight. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, one one player that I do want to start off. Okay, yeah. Talking about when it comes to the supporting cast, um, it's something that we discussed in previous podcast episodes. I, I think you know we asked ourselves the question, um, who's going to be the X factor for the Lakers team this season? And you and I both said Avery Bradley, right at the time. Now, man, you know what's funny? That just seems like such a long time ago, right? right? And that was just about a week ago, right? After seeing four games of Lakers basketball, it might be time to revise our answer, yeah, and say that it it's now Dwight Howard. It's crazy. It's crazy. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? In the summertime, when we signed Dwight (laughs) Howard to that non guaranteed contract, yeah, that. At this point <clears throat> in the early in the early NBA season, he would be in this position where 
he's playing significant minutes. He, he's making these immense contributions to the team. And now, I I feel like he is the X Factor so Yeah, far, we're at know? a point now already where we're feeling like a lot is riding on him, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, to, your, to your point, though, um, I think one thing we should point out, though, is that with the whole Avery Bradley and now Dwight Howard stuff, like, a lot... Like, I guess it's just to say that a lot can change, you know, over the course of a season. Um, and, you know, I, like, we just don't have a clear-cut third guy. I think that's clear. And I think that's why I think well, things have... a player hasn't right. We'll, yeah, and we'll talk about yeah. him. But then, I, that's sort of how I feel about, about this roster. And I think, and again, we'll talk about this again, but I feel like... This roster in itself, there's a lot to like and there's a lot to be excited about, but is not at, at its form right now is not good enough to compete with the, the Clippers, in my humble opinion, in a seven game series. You know, mm-hmm. um, so we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll and we'll cover that. But yeah, I agree with you. Dwight Howard right now is is the new the new X factor. The guy is yeah. This is this is playing out so far in the early going as as about as well as we could have ever even imagined when it comes to Dwight Howard. Yeah. He's looks to have a really good attitude when he's out there on the court. He's he like you you said during tonight's game, he just looks a lot more focused now. Uh obviously he's been humbled, you know, in yes. his in the later part of his career. So now um there there is no I don't get a sense that he's a prima donna at all. I don't I don't get a sense that he's complaining about not getting enough shots. He's actually appears to be focusing most of his energy on impacting uh the game on the defensive end, which you know, he has lost a step. I I, I think I think it's safe to say that. But a three-time defensive player of the year, someone that is one of the most athletic big men that the NBA has ever seen. Uh, that player that has lost a step, he's still a very impactful player on the defensive end. He can still cause havoc to opposing offenses, and we're seeing that right now. We're seeing tremendous effort out of Dwight Howard. He's everything that we could have asked for at this point, and it's to the point where, I mean, you're you're calling for him to start now. Well, let me let me ask you a question, all right? And I echo with everything that you just shared, all right? I'm going to read you two stat lines, all right? Okay. And you tell me who's who, okay? <laughs> okay. Um, five for seven with nine boards, one block shot, and, and ten points. Versus one for two with five boards, two assists, one steal, two blocks, two points. So, yeah, the, I mean, I'm going to guess the second stat line is Dwight Howard's. Yeah, and the first one was JaVale McGee. Right. Um, which, it's so interesting because you everything that you said, I completely echo. And I think that's the whole point here about Dwight Howard is that this guy is no longer stat chasing. This guy is no longer, uh, you know, the prima donna. Yeah. He could be down the road. Who knows, right? Yeah. He's just completely bought into the whole team team ethos. And he's just like... And you have to watch it to believe it. You know, you have to watch it to understand it. Like what he did in that third quarter changed the whole complexion of the game. 
Yeah, once Vogel subbed out McGee and put Dwight Howard in, yeah, that's when the Lakers won right. their crazy run. Right, and when I read those two stat lines, you would think when if you were if you didn't watch this game, you just saw the box score, you would think, wow, McGee is obviously needs to stay as a starter. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, who knows? Like sometimes, like like Lou Williams coming off the bench, sometimes it's just better to have the status quo and just have a player coming off the bench and keep him in that role, but. It's clear, though, that Dwight Howard is a much better defensive presence than JaVale McGee. I think that much is very clear. Yeah, and, uh, you know, one thing that I think about when it comes to Dwight's role, it's, all you know, when it comes to championship teams, obviously a makeup of a championship team is like you have your stars, right? You have the LeBrons, the ADs, but what what is... You know, very significant when it comes to those teams is having those role players that can do certain things without that don't necessarily reflect the stat sheet, right? Right. And I think about guys like Robert Ory, Kendrick Perkins, Kendrick Perkins, Rick Fox. You know, even Derek Fisher. It's like they're they're not they're not stuffing the stat sheet, but yeah, you need those guys on a on a championship team. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And Dwight Howard is kind of playing like yeah. one of those guys right now. Yeah, and I bring up Kendra Perkins because I feel like it's a really good comparison. Because Kendra Perkins, if you remember, did not stuff the stat sheet whatsoever. In fact, when you would look at the box scores of those championship squads on on, on Boston, it almost looked yeah. like he was a liability. Less but you, than 10 points, less than 10 rebounds. Yeah, just, I mean, you're it was a bit of a head-scratcher. But you watch him on the court, and you watch him in the games, and you realize why he was so important for those those teams yeah, and Kendrick Perkins started for those Celtics. Right, teams. exactly. So, I, I, I mean, we're kind of just we're literally just praise singing just the 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 praises of Dwight Howard right now. But honestly, it's deserved, and I and I kudos to him for really. Uh, it's got to be a humbling experience, you know what I mean? For a guy that's, I mean, this is a future Hall of Famer, without a doubt. You know, he's yeah. a no doubter Hall of Famer, and anyone who who says otherwise? You're just getting clouded you're by. You're just hating. Yeah, basically. yeah, and, and and I think it's pretty obvious if you've listened to our podcast that we're not even Dwight Howard fans. Like you knew how furious I I was about the idea of even bringing Dwight Howard. I named him one of the most hated <laughs> Lakers of all time. Yeah, so he is a guy that uh, we don't. Yeah, we don't really care for yet. The proof is in the pudding. The guy has been, he's got that, just been the workman like, just, um, you know, got his hard hat, lunch pail, just coming to work um, and just getting things done. Yeah. And, you know, if he continues his pace, then I'm going to have to, I will be compelled to offer a full apology to forever. I would gladly do you that, know, you know, bashing him. Yeah. I would gladly having do that. doubts. Because, you know, when, when, when uh, they signed Dwight. I think I think I I think you and I both wanted the Lakers to sign Joe Kim Nolan instead, yeah, right? Yeah. But they ended up signing Dwight, and and it was a total upside play. And I guess you know he he apparently wowed the Lakers front office in the workout, and it looks like that really actually was a yeah. We know, thought kind of like it was sort of a justified signing. Yeah, we thought that was more of just some kind of fluff that was put out by like his agent or something, yeah, right? Yeah. But I mean, he does look a lot slimmer. Right, he, and he still has, and we talked about it during the game too. He went from his like supernatural, otherworldly Hall of Fame type of athleticism yeah. to like just 
pretty damn athletic. Still very good. Still yeah. very mobile. Still very yeah, agile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he just went from like, yeah, superhuman athleticism to just like, you know, 99 percentile athleticism. <laughs> you know, went from 99.9% to like 99%, you know? Right. Which yeah. is still fantastic. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, uh, I don't know what else could be said other than the fact that like, I would love to see him uh, take a little bit more minutes away from uh, JaVale McGee because, <laughs> let me read, again, JaVale McGee played 30 minutes today Yeah. versus Dwight Howard who played 18 minutes. And those numbers are a little skewed because I think JaVale McGee, you know, he cleaned up on those garbage minutes. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I think uh, I think we're starting to see a little bit of uh, of a flip-flop, you know? Right, and you know, Vogel played Dwight Howard during that key run in the third quarter today, yeah. and if he is like a good coach, like we think he is, then I think you know in the future we're gonna see Dwight playing more of those crunch time minutes. If it's not Anthony Davis at the five, right? It's gonna be right. matchup dependent. But if there is like a situation or a, or a team that we're playing that requires the Lakers to have like a, a real five out there, then it's very possible. And I'm hoping that we see more of Dwight Howard moving forward. Yeah. You know, that whole, that Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis combo on the defensive end, it, it's, it is something to see, man. So, so that's one of the big takeaways that I have so far, uh, four games in is that the emergence of Dwight Howard. Well, th- I mean, that, that has a lot to do with, uh, with what I with my point here is that you know going into this year we were we were both like offense is going to be fine it's going to be all about the defense right for this team right and the positive takeaway and what what I feel why I feel pretty good about this team is that it looks like our defense is better and you mean versus like last year it looks like our defense is actually good you're right. I, I do think so too. You know, I mean, to hold a team under 100 points in this new NBA era is quite impressive. So I want to say after tonight's game, uh, Memphis scored nine, ended up scoring 91 points. I want to say that the Lakers are going to be like in the top three when it comes to like points allowed in the league. Mm. I mean, it's only Which is four, high praise. It's only four games. You know, it's a small sample size, yeah. but still, it's a, it's a good sign. You know. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's talk about some of the other role players. Um, one that we love, Danny Green. I, I mean, he's everything that we, just like AD, he is who we thought he was, and he's playing very well so far. And also, thank God we signed him. Thank God we got because you know we were scrambling when the whole Kawhi debacle happened. Yeah, and to get a guy of Danny Green's like resume and of his ilk that late that quickly. Uh, like holy shit! Like if we had not gotten him, I think we'd be looking at a very different expectation. Yeah, you know? it looked a lot more grim. <clears throat> I mean, he is—he is the prototypical three and D guy. Prototypical, and he's played that yeah, role to the T. He's a three and D guy with championship experience. Yep, you know, so yep. a very crucial piece, and he's yep. playing very well so far. Um, the guy that we said was the X Factor, Avery Bradley. I, I'm I'm pretty happy with how he's looked yeah. so far. Um, I think he's looked good. You know? And he had a great game today. He was 5 for 9, um, 1 for 1 from 3, 12. I mean, yeah, two steals. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I The defense is still there. 
yeah, yeah. it is there. I, I, I. So, do you feel like his defense has defensive presence has been felt though? I think so. I feel. Yeah. I mean, I feel much better with him on the floor than you know Quinn Cook and Troy Daniels oh, well, when it comes to defense. You know, I mean, that's that's not saying. I much, feel reasonably yeah. confident with okay. him on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't think he's gonna get feasted on by another. Right, player, you know? right, right. Okay. So, uh, yeah. so I'm I'm happy with how Avery Bradley has looked so far. Yeah. Um. So so I just mentioned you know Quinn Cook and Troy Daniels. They're getting a lot of playing time, a lot more than I thought that they would be getting in the early going. Right. But uh, you know they are, they are knockdown shooters. They've been hitting shots. They've been hitting threes. <laughs> and you know what's so funny is like these two guys, like they they're so interchangeable to me. Like they're like to me they're like the exact same player. So I think Quinn Cook is slightly better than Troy Daniels. You think so? Right now. Okay. You know, um, I'm, factoring I'm almost... in his. his playoff experience i almost just want to call them troy cook like it's just the same <laughs> it's just the same these are the two same dudes you know i think quinn cook could handle the ball a little bit better than okay. troy daniels right. troy daniels is more of a spot up three okay. shooter all right but yeah they're they're getting a lot of playing time which they're getting a lot of run which is uh curious to me and i say that it, it makes um it makes it even more prominent because they're taking away minutes from you know the our, the the underground Laker fan hero yeah. Alex Caruso yeah uh who look so, sometimes he struggles on offense you know he's he's not the best at running a pick and roll he was over four today yeah um, over two from three but the impact that he makes on defense it's it's yeah you, you can't ignore it yeah. you know what I mean yeah um I I would say that he's our best uh after Avery Bradley he's our best point guard defender yeah yeah i mean i don't think danny green really guards point guards yeah that's what i'm saying yeah so look we have guys that can play defense on this team you know i alex caruso avery bradley danny green obviously anthony davis you could actually make a case that alex caruso is our second best perimeter defender and our third best defender you can make a case yeah so I guess you're saying that Danny Green is the best perimeter defender, right? I was going to say Avery Bradley. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I feel like... Uh, it's arguable, know, right? I feel like in today's league where, you know, you're going to get... You're going to face guys like a Kawhi or, you know, Paul George or... Yeah, you're right. You're right. Danny Green. You're right. What I mean by perimeter, though, is more of like... The smaller guards, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, perimeter. If you're, I mean, basically, what we're trying to say is, Al's Caruso needs to play more minutes. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's what we're trying to say here. We're yeah. not alone in that feeling. I think most of Laker Laker Nation feels that way. You know, which is which is one of the like iffy kind of decisions that Vogel has made so far is you know not giving Caruso. A, lot, a ton of minutes. I'd like to see him play a little bit more. Yeah, like, you know, even today, Alex Caruso was over 4, yet, if you watch the game, his defense defensive presence was... Fit. Like, I was totally cool with him. Totally cool. His shots yeah. were within the flow of the game. Um, they, he wasn't forcing anything. Um, he was still playing great defense. Um, so, I... That's the thing, like... And look at KCP today. And we'll we'll go into him later again, but twenty eight minutes, Alex Caruso twelve minutes, all those minutes that KCP 
P's plan, I would give. I would just reverse those. Yeah, I would give. I would give Crusoe KCP's minutes. Yeah, I would reverse it. So Crusoe played twelve today, and KCP played twenty eight. Reverse that. Caruso playing 28 and KCP playing 12. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. You I'd know? be okay with that too. Um, so uh, let's talk about the Laker that hasn't played yet, Kyle Kuzma. So he's expected to come back, you know, within the next few games. The Lakers are about to head on a three-game road trip and he's traveling with the team, which, you know, leads us to suspect that he's going to play at some point um, during this road trip. Uh this is a heavily you, for me. This is a heavily anticipated debut, right? A lot hinges on this guy. So, with that said, how do you think it's going to go with Kuzma I, on, entering I, the fold? I have no idea. On the on the, you know, on the bright side, he is the type of player that can be plugged into a lot of offenses. Right. And that is a good point. Be contributing. Right. That is a good point. Um. But the, the, my biggest concern is the fact that he is just, like we talked about, offense is not a problem. It won't be a problem on this team. Mm-hmm. And his main strength is his offense. It's, it's really all about how much progress has he made on the defensive end, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to say, like, I'm not going to say we, were ex- we're, we got to expect him to be, like, this defensive specialist anymore. That's just, that doesn't really happen, you know? Um, players don't really develop into, like, you know, defensive guys. But I want him to be at least serviceable. I want him to be at least decent, you know? And if he can do that, I feel like that could be a huge game changer. Yeah, I mean, the reports coming out of Team USA camp was that Kuzma's defense was improved. Right. He said it himself that he's been working on all the things that he needs to work on to help this team. And part of that, I do want Frank... I'm hoping Frank Vogel has been, you know... Because he's a defensive... He, he, sort of, he kind of earned his stripes on the, on the defensive right, end, right? right? So hopefully he's helped Kyle Kuzma in that sense. So it's a very... I'm, I'm really interested in to see how he fits in and how, he, um, how his role is going to shape out. Because that's the thing. And we're going to... you know we, got, we should probably get into how this team compares with the Clippers. But... This bench is, it, without Kyle Kuzma, this bench does not match up well with the Clippers. They they probably got the best bench in, in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll talk. You're, okay, you're, you're, I'm jumping the gun here. Are, but... you're, you're too obsessed with the Clippers right now. <laughs> this is not a Clippers podcast. Okay, okay? We don't need all to, right, all we right. We don't need to spend our okay. mental energy on that other wow, team. Wow, okay, okay, okay. I hear you, all yeah, right. You know, so when it comes to Kyle Kuzma, I guess the big question for me is... How is Vogel's rotations going to look? I think I'm still feeling a little bit of P- PTSD from last, you know, from our <laughs> previous regime re- rotations. Yeah, choices, or lack of know? rotations. I mean, he just yeah. he, he kind of just threw shit on the the wall. And so saw I'm it, so. I'm wondering like how Vogel is going to implement Kuzma into this lineup. Yeah, uh, it looks like he is going to come off the bench, you know, uh, and how he manages to fit him in how his minutes are distributed what's the crunch time lineup gonna look like in a close game uh ad is sounds like he's warming up more and more to playing the five which is a really good sign because i think a lot of these games we're gonna see ad at the five you know kuzma or lebron at the four and then kuzma 
Danny Green and then whoever, you know, right. uh, Avery Bradley. Right. Or, or well, I, I mean, there's, I think with Kuzma in the fold, it'll give us a lot more versatility. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because with the emergence of Dwight Howard, that whole Dwight Howard AD, uh, AD defensive combo has been deadly. You know, yeah. It's so that gives that us you another, definitely have to consider, yeah, implementing right. It, so that gives us know? another wrinkle, you yeah, know, um, yeah. and that might mean Kyle Kuzma will have to, you know, play some crunch crunch games on the bench. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. So, yeah. um, but that gives us a lot of, uh, you know, it gives us some options, and that does allow AD to not have to slide over to the five. Right, and you know, the other thing with Kuzma obviously is, you know, three point shooting. Yeah. Is his shooting going to come back to form the form that he had in his rookie season? Yeah. You know, that's that would be you know, that would what that would be what I would ask for out of him. To shoot around that 37%, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that would I don't think that's a tall ask. It's not a tall ask. Yeah. So I mean, he shot hopefully... 30% from 3 last year, yeah. had a down year from 3. So we're hoping that he bounces back on that end. Um Okay, so the Lakers, you know, overall, looks like their defense is much better. They have better shooters. Obviously, Anthony Davis is amazing. Dwight Howard has become a revelation to Laker Nation. So things are looking good on that end. Now let's talk about the overall NBA as a whole. Okay. Uh, It's only been one week, you know. Highly competitive NBA season like we thought it would be, right? More, I feel almost like more so than we even thought. There's a couple of surprises crazy, out there. That's how right? crazy this season is already shaping up. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a, I have a kind of a list of general impressions uh, from this first week of the NBA. Okay. So I'll, I'll go through these items and we can talk about them. Okay. So first thing that I wrote down was, um, and this is a hat tip to you Laker fans that are still standing for former Lakers out there. Pelicans, yeah. obviously, so they're 0-4 right now, you know, yeah, struggling to get wins, but there is a certain player on that team that is looking very good right now. <laughs> to say the least. Someone that we've been, you know, standing for for quite some time. Yeah. You've been on that island, on that mountain I was ready for to die on this long hill. long time. I was ready to die know? on this hill, but I'm not dying. I'm thriving. I'm Brandon, thriving Brandon Ingram hill. has been playing... Lights out for New Orleans. Yep. Uh, so how do you feel? I mean, what what are your thoughts on his early play so oh, far? Oh, I this is t- to me, he's just doing what he's been on the trajectory of doing. Um, we saw this in the five games or so uh, before he got, you know, before he went down with the injury last season, and now he's just he's just picked up where he left off, and you, I mean, he. He passes the eye test and he passes the you know the the box score sheet test. Like the guy's shooting fifty percent from three, you know that was some that was a bit of his bugaboo, right? Yeah, yeah. That was the concern. And they're not even low volume threes. I think he's averaging like seven threes a game. So, um, and the guy looks bigger. He looks a little bit more. He's still uh, obviously rail thin, but he well, I feel like he's he doesn't look as rail thin anymore. But yeah, he looks bigger. He doesn't get pushed around as much. His handle's a lot tighter. He's he, he could be an all-star this year in that loaded Western Conference, you know? Ooh, that would be a tall order for him. Yeah, but his stats right now are absolutely all-star worthy, you know? Speaking of his stats, he is averaging 
27 points a game. Right. 10 rebounds, 5 assists. Monster numbers. That is and definitely it, also worthy. Well, I mean, we'll see if he keeps it up. Right. I mean, I'm not expecting him to keep right. it. Keep but what about his steals his and blocks, too? I feel like his defense has always been... Right. He's always... I mean, he's been an underrated defender, yeah. you know, through his career, just because of his versatility, right? Yeah. Uh, so he's averaging 0.8 steals and 1.3 blocks. Almost one and one? That's almost in the Sean Marion fantasy... Uh, um, Superstar category. He's definitely got to rank really high in fantasy basketball <laughs> right now. Yeah. In terms of individual players. Yeah. So Brandon Ingram's turning it up. Josh Hart, 17 points a game. Well, 16.5 points a game, six and a half rebounds a game. He's very I, respectable. Yeah, numbers. I was saying today, like, he, uh, he, he could, you could be looking at sort of like a future Danny Green type of player. Yeah, 3 and D for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about, yeah, you want, what? <laughs> So Lonzo, um, 13 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists. Looks good. 1.8 steals. Looks good. The thing about him is... Um, I think his free throwing has improved. It's always been efficiency for, uh, you know, yeah. with him. Uh, his, so his averages are kind of around the same. Well, he's, at, he's shooting four, 39% from the field, which is around his career average. It is an improvement, though, isn't it? Uh, he shot forty point six percent last year. Oh wow! Okay. From three though, he's shooting thirty six point seven percent from three. Okay. Which is an improvement, and he's shooting seventy five percent from three. Yeah, line I think that's right a, I think that's the biggest uh, you know, uh, sign. Yeah. So, so for the Lonzo stands out there, and you know, I'm a fan of Lonzo. I'm hoping I'm hoping he does well. You yeah. Know? I mean, you're the one who predicted that he'd be on the all defensive team. So. And that's that's the one area in his game where he could always hang his hat on, yeah, you know, yeah. is his defense. Yeah. So I you know, signs are looking encouraging. The arrow's for, pointing up for that for guy. Alonzo. Yeah. So so the former Lakers they're they're doing well, you know. Um the team's obviously not good. No, they're lottery. When bound. you're not when you're when you when you're sitting Drew Holiday and you're sitting Zion, you're not really gonna do much in the Western Conference. Yeah. So that's you know one of the things that I noticed so far in this NBA season. Um, next on my list is, and you know this is the era of the big twos now, right? And one big two that we really didn't talk much about uh, in the off season is this <laughs> new big two in Dallas, the Luca Kristaps combo. Yeah, we're about to see Dallas, you know, later this week in the next game, and. I gotta say, they look pretty good so far. They look pretty damn unstoppable, and I'm, yeah, and you know me, I'm the biggest Luca fan. He is, I. This is kind of what I expected. I expected him to make this next step, another leap after his really impressive rookie season. Mm-hmm. I, I like, I had that high of a opinion of the kid. Um, I think I'm more surprised at Kristaps Porzingis. Um, I personally kind of felt like he was a little overrated coming into the season, but he's looked. He's looked great too, and so Dallas is—they're in a—they're so fortunate with how they kind of just, you know, stumbled upon these two stars. I mean, granted, I think a lot they of it, is, it. yeah, they yeah, a lot it. of it is you know they scouted him, they traded for him, they and all that with for this duo. So, um, but you know, to just go from Dirk Nowitzki to Luka Doncic to to usher in the next era is pretty damn fortunate. Um, but yeah, they they look. Their future looks super bright. 
Yeah, Luca's averaging 29, 10, and 7 right now, which is monster numbers. Ingram-esque, I was going to say. <laughs> and Kristaps is, you know, 26 points a game. He's never been, like, a phenomenal rebounder, but it's six rebounds a game. But, yeah, I think he's I mean, averaging, like, two, two and a half blocks or something. I think, yeah. yeah, I think he's a good defensive presence, right, for them. Yeah, 2.7 blocks a game right now. So Dallas, I mean, they're, no one had penciled them in as a playoff team out yeah. of the West. You know this season, but they're sitting at three and one right now. Yeah, and I I really don't feel like that's gonna last because I I think their depth is very lacking. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, they're they're definitely a surprise. I wouldn't say that they're the biggest surprise, but they're yeah, they look really good. So who who is the biggest surprise to you? Uh, I would say Atlanta. Okay, so that's you know that is transitions well to the next thing on my list yeah um you know we talked about luca the one player that's might they will forever, forever be connected yeah, to him forever be linked trey young and trey young i mean unfortunately he sprained his ankle today in, in the game but uh you know before that he was just on a tear i think he steph like numbers 77 points in the first two games yeah for him and it's gonna be really interesting when we look back uh at that trade and ask ourselves who got the better deal in that trade because yeah. you know after the first season it, it looked like for sure Dallas got the better end of that deal yeah. you know but Trey Young had a strong finish to the second his rookie half. year and then obviously started this year off on a tear so it's trending really well for Trey Young's you know trajectory yeah. for his career so it's going to be interesting to see like who won out that might be the proverbial win-win for both teams I I think that's totally a win win, yeah. 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 I think I think both teams would actually still do the same thing if had had given that option again. That's you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean I think you I we talked about this off air. Um like who we would take right now yeah. between Trey Young and Luca. Yeah. And you would still go with Luca, right? I would. I would. I would probably have to go with Luca too. Yeah. And Dallas would obviously do that. They they love Luca, but I feel like Atlanta right now with what happened and and how the the way Trey Young has developed, um, how he fits in that organization, being the face of that franchise, and also that that extra pick that they got, I think they would do that again too. So they, it is absolutely a win win for them both. I mean, he's like the prototypical point guard. Yeah. In today's NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. I just think Luca's sort of like an outlier. He right? is. There's yeah. like not many of him. You know. Yeah. And which is why I would probably take Luca right now, and and he's a bigger body, you know, yeah. less of an injury risk in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving along. So one of you, we're talking about surprising teams. You mentioned that uh, one of the, you know, I don't know if this could be a huge surprise to you or not, but just how shitty the Warriors have looked so far. I mean, the Warriors and the Kings, you know. But yeah, we'll talk about the Warriors. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the Kings. <laughs> we'll yeah, let's talk about the Warriors. I that's it's a bit of a shock for me. It, it's kind of shocking to me because, um, and I kind of pegged them to be still in the thick of things, you know, in the Western Conference. I did too. Um, and you know, to be honest, there's so much basketball left to play, so you know things can turn around really quickly. Um, but yeah, you know, one thing that I did not foresee is just. The lack of depth on that team, right? I mean, right yeah. now, obviously, they don't have Clay Thompson. Yeah, and, well, obviously, yeah, and they don't have Willie Cauley Stein either. But uh, you know, they open 
they ushered in this new era in San Francisco by getting blown out by the Clippers, right? Kawhi, you know, uh, last game in Oracle, he beat the Warriors. First game in Chase Arena, he, he beat the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> so that that first game was not much of a surprise, but then they followed that up with a blowout loss to the yeah. Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. And that's when I think a lot of eyebrows got raised right. on this team. Yeah, and, and um, you know, just the whole right now the whole combination of steph and d'angelo russell so far is surprisingly not good surprisingly to you but yeah you know, some of us would <laughs> not be too surprised by that <laughs> yeah i i i thought that partnership was going to be really good but so i mean there's a lot of basketball left to play but yeah that you're 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 right on with that. I think that's been a big surprise. So yeah, far. I mean, I'm I'm enjoying the Draymond post game sound sound bites. <laughs> is he? I haven't heard it. Is he just sounding depressed? He just keeps saying how much they fucking suck after every game. Yeah. So you know, it's we a hey, we endured five years of of just oh torture. There you know, is there are Warriors no team, so. there are no tears that are being shed. For no this. tears. No. In fact, tears. if there are tears, it's tears of joy. To be honest, right? I yeah. mean, I'm I'm. I'm cool with this yeah, right now. Yeah, I'm cool is, with what's happening. Let, let's just say this is delicious. This is just it tastes so good on the lips, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, let's talk about the other team in Northern California. <laughs> is this this shit on Northern California teams podcast right now? Uh, yeah. You know, actually, I saw this um this random YouTube video, and it was like they talked to people from every state in the U.S. and they asked them, like, who their rival state is. And then the person from California said that California doesn't really have a rival. We we basically just, like, fight amongst ourselves, which I thought was very accurate right. when it comes to the whole, you know, SoCal-NorCal rivalry. <clears throat> yeah. So with that said, let's talk about the Kings. <laughs> I mean, well, I was going to say, too, actually, and there was even talk about California. I mean, it never really happened, but wanting to split into different states. Like oh, right. Country. Like three three different states, yeah. I think. But it goes to show just how much of a divide there is in terms of, like, competition, you know? I mean, if, if you don't know about California, like, you, you drive a couple hundred miles north, and it seems like a totally different state. Anyways. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So with the Kings, I mean, this was a team... That a lot of people thought could make some noise this year, you know? Yeah. They got a solid roster. They got De'Aaron Fox, who's a budding star. Solid roster. Buddy Heald, who's a very good player. Uh, De'Aaron know. Fox is a. I mean, people were. I, you and I both, too, kind of oh, expecting him to still be a superstar. A huge fan yeah, of yeah, Darren but he was Fox. expecting to be a superstar this year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But they're sitting right now at 0 4. Yeah. Unfortunately, Marvin Bagley got hurt. You know, that, that was a big... Yeah, how long is he out for? Like four to six weeks, I think. Wow, okay. But uh, someone who we're very familiar with, Luke Walton, is all of a sudden on the hot seat once already. again. Already, once again, on the hot seat. It just kind of goes to show maybe... Because I, I feel like you and I, for a pretty long time, we defended Luke. And we were like... yeah. You know, he didn't really get a fair shake with the Lakers. He was thrust into a, like, yeah, a very and toxic really did environment. It, to be honest, I still feel like he didn't really get a fair shake. But having said that... It's not looking good for him right now. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's, it's very apparent now that he's, 
he's got a long way to long ways to go to in in being a a good NBA coach. Yeah, I mean, you 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 can look no further than just De'Aaron Fox's stat line so far. Yeah, I mean, he he's averaging you know less points than last year, less points, rebounds, and assists from last year. More turnovers, less steals. Right? It's, it's just, sad. It's for a kid that's just a, he's a budding superstar. It should all your most all the valuable numbers, asset. Yeah, all by the, far, all the numbers the should be going up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's you know it's not like. It looks like he's not benefiting from Luke's coaching so far. Yeah. And that's a giant red flag if you're if you're a Kings fan. Yeah. Right? So the fact that he's on the hot seat already after four games might be somewhat of an exaggeration, but I think there's something to that. You know? And that's been one that's been another surprise in the early going of the season. Yeah, so and you know, and people are complaining about the same things that we were complaining about. His rotations are just Oh yeah, that's what they're complaining about. Yeah, they're, they're you know, just ridiculous and you know, what, no is he is he of... putting De'Aaron Fox in at six minutes left in the fourth quarter? <laughs> it's just crazy, man. And and uh, part of me is kind of bummed out because that's the thing with Luke Walton. I don't think I think everybody kind of likes Luke Walton. You know, he's the easy guy to root for. Um, I mean, aside from the whole the sex, court, sexual yeah, allegations ho- ho- aside, hopefully that's not true. I mean, if that's true, then well, he's a scumbag, and you know, all this is deserved. But that aside, you know, if that, with the caveat that that is false, um, yeah, he's he's a guy to root for, you know, um, and he's just very well spoken in the media, you know, so it's kind of unfortunate, but yeah, it's clear that this guy is a mediocre mediocre coach, you know, and part of me is bummed yeah. out because it just kind of vindicates Magic Johnson in his opinion of him, you know what I mean? Right, <laughs> because. Yeah. And Magic Johnson, by the way, who just cannot stay out of the limelight, cannot stay out. You know, he he was he he's been he was on recently with um, Stephen A's show and just you know reiterated how much he wanted to get rid of Luke Walton, and that was the reason why he stepped down and all that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like give well, it a rest, yeah. man. You know, but Magic's the winner, so I guess he <laughs> won that battle too. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um... I want to talk about a player that we've talked at length at in the past. Okay. Someone who changed teams this offseason. <laughs> Could be anybody. Um, a very mercuri- mercurial figure in okay. the NBA. Okay. A very mysterious, uh, maybe often misunderstood. I don't know. People just can't get a handle on this guy. And... I'm talking about none other than Uncle Drew, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving. Yeah. It was a story that came out on Kyrie Ir- Irving recently from Jackie McMullen. And you need to just read the headline because that's all you need to know. So what, what was the headline? Here, let me pull it up real quick. Um, but, uh, Kyrie, who, by the way, has been on a tear so far in the early going. Oh, Kyrie's been Kyrie. He, he's, you know... Um, here's the headline. ESPN reporting that Kyrie's mood swings are, unsp- are quote-unquote, unspoken concern for Nets officials. Right. And I think uh, in that article, Jackie McMullen details how uh, this came to a head during their China preseason trip, right? Mm-hmm. Where a lot of uh, people in the Nets organization were wondering why he was 
kind of shut off and stand off. He goes through spells of not wanting to talk to anybody in the front office, coaches, and even teammates. He's emo. He's emo, Kyrie. At this point, <laughs> I, I, in my mind, I'm calling him the Kanye West of the NBA. Okay. You know, obviously he's brilliant. Kanye, Ob- Kanye, Kanye Irving. Kanye Irving. Obviously, he has his brilliance. He has his genius to him, you know. But when you talk about like his antics, his his character, it's kind of like head scratching. Yeah, can't figure him out. Yeah, he he says a lot of he says and does a lot of things that are odd, you know. Yeah, and also that are contrarian to what he says and what he says versus what he what he does, you know. Yeah, uh, uh, I think Kevin Durant. Uh, had a quote in that article too where he said like Kyrie's just an artist and you just have to let him be sometimes oh my god <laughs> and you know <coughs> me personally I was pretty high on the Nets I think I was a lot more bullish on the Nets than most yeah, NBA experts were. out well, there well because you're a big Kyrie fan yeah I you know I, 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 I cannot help but to like his skill set you know well his skill set is best handle in the NBA one one of the best handles ever, actually. The best, probably the best, you know, below the rim finisher. One of in, the best ever. The game. One of the best ever. Yeah. Uh, a guy of his... Very efficient player, too. Yeah, but a guy of his size and his lack of, like, he's not even athletic, should not be able to get all those buckets as easily as he does. Yeah. But that speaks to his skill set. You know, just like a, handle. a an amazing player, right? Yeah. And yet the Nets, I think, are well, what is their record right now? I think they're, um, yeah, they're one and two. They lost the opener. They lost on the road to Memphis, who the Lakers just beat by almost thirty. Yeah, but you know, this is all nothing to me because that team is not. They're not going to do anything this year, and they're not. They shouldn't be expected to because. It's like basically if we, if our team didn't have LeBron or if it didn't have AD, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Right. Like, how much stock can you put in this record and how much stock can you put in this season? I, you really can't. This is just right now. This season is just all about Kyrie just padding his stats. I mean, but don't you think that they should make the playoffs out of the East? Well, he was not on the the, the Nets were not on my playoff list. Remember? So you did. don't think they're gonna make the playoffs? I don't think so. Wow. With wait, uh... did I? I don't know if I had him on my predictions, but he, I just. They, they're. I don't predict them as, as making much noise. Kyrie, Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen. You don't think that's good enough to make the playoffs in the East? Joe Harris, Torian Prince, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, I mean they it's a did, solid roster. Yeah, well, they were missing D'Angelo, right? I'm just late. But yeah, I don't know. It's just. It's not a championship aspirational team, though. Right, and that, and I never thought that either. Right, and so that's why, for me, I'm just kind of like... The NBA is all about, if you're not championship, you're bust. So it's like, I don't know, whatever happens with this team, it just seems kind of irrelevant, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, Kyrie is just such a... He's such a nutty guy, you know? He's such a pseudo-intelligent, like, he's just so, like, emo, like... You love, you love calling him out on his pseudo-intelligence. Yeah, like... And, you know, he talks about how he's, like, he wants to be this new team player because he, you know, he chose these Nets. He chose Brooklyn. Um, and, you know, there was I, there was a... Something in the... Uh, about how 
they were taking a team photo and they asked him to take out take off his hat and he said no just photoshop it out and it's like what is wrong with you man just take your hat off right like yeah it's it's just weird behavior he's a very strange person i mean he cried twice in the opener you know when he got on the mic and and you know addressed the crowd he like got emotional he's he got choked up you know and then he cried again because he missed that game winner in, in overtime it was just well like, he's an artist bro yeah i guess he's so an artist he's a right? sensitive artist yeah, yeah so you know let him be man it's just uh i don't <laughs> yeah there's he's a very unique person very you unique know? person um but at the you know bottom line in the nba is if you have the skill set if you if you bring it with the, the the skills and the athleticism it doesn't really matter so it makes a lot of sense to me because like you you Okay, he called you know Katie called him an artist, but let's let's look at artists like sure the best artists in our time they've always had some kind of like weird or different personality. You You're know? talking about like successful artists, right? Yeah. Well, so he's kind of like in that mold. No, know? it's true because the reason why an artist is so you know one of the reasons why an artist is so like prolific or their work is so celebrated is because they're able to see things. In ways that the average normal person would right. not they're see. They're unique. They're different. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wow, I didn't even see it that way. And so, yeah, Kyrie kind of... The thing is, though, is that Kyrie sees things in ways that we're just kind of like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, not in a way where you're like, yeah, wow, true. that's amazing. It's more of like the kind of things that you see when you're smoking a joint and you're super high. And you're like... <laughs> yeah, no. But, um, he does see things very differently from the the average person yeah for sure yeah okay so let's let's end this episode by talking about the giant elephant in the room that you've already brought up a couple of times tell me about the villain the villain in the story um the fan i gotta say i have to admit i must confess that the clippers look really fucking good right now yeah a lot better than I even imagined that they unfortunately, would at this point. Unfortunately, yeah. You know, the Lakers lost that opening game to the Clippers, and in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to be a big deal, right? Yeah, and also, those teams, like, our two teams uh, will not look anywhere near the way they looked in that game. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. personnel-wise, maybe similar, but in terms of fit and how we how we gelled, it's just not... You know, we they didn't have Paul George, you know, and we didn't have... Kyle Kuzma and our team was just not yeah it was our first game so yeah I mean I think they I think they have a lot of things more figured out than the Lakers do right for obvious reasons right but uh you know going into this season when all of the free agency dust settled everyone looked at the Clippers team and they were like wow this is going to be a defensive juggernaut right but what has really struck me when watching this Clippers team is how just how dynamic they are on offense. Yeah. And obviously Kawhi Leonard is like, you know Jordan Light. Is is about as Jordan esque uh, you know, Sans Kobe that we've seen so far in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, he every time he backs every time he backs a player down, I feel like he's gonna score or get fouled or go to the line, right? Isn't that so crazy that, that that we're talking about Kawhi in the same breath as Jordan, which we we would never have even gone to there before, like last year. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's amazing. He's yeah. an amazing player. I can't even hate on the guy because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like he's a hard guy not to not to respect. You know right. what I mean? Game so, recognized game. Yeah. So they obviously have Kawhi, and what really what really strikes me is that Lou Williams Montrezl Harrell like bench combo. You know that bench mob is devastating crazy, other yeah. teams. You know. Yeah. And so when it comes to if we're projecting forward into this NBA season, you know, definitely the Clippers are going to be a team that the Lakers have to address. You know, and they look very good. I I mean I'm at I'm almost to the point where I feel like this Iggy this Iggy thing needs to happen for the Lakers. Yeah, because the Clippers have a huge advantage. So we have a huge advantage in AD. He's our secret, not secret, but he's our main weapon, right? Yeah. And they have no answer for AD. However, we don't really have an answer for their like their wing uh, collection of wing players. You know what I mean? It's, it's Kawhi, you know, Paul George. Right. And then you got Montrose Hurl, who's kind of a wing guy. You know what I mean? For, for a big man, he's sort of on that... He's, like, got that Kenneth Fareed, like... He's sort of that hybrid wing guy. You know what I mean? So, yeah. there... That's... We, and Iggy's the kind of... Iggy's the kind of player that we would need to fit in that, that, that role of covering that, that area. You know? Yeah. I mean, Jack McMullen said on uh, one of the ESPN podcasts that she's, like, almost certain that Iggy's gonna come to the Lakers well you know she heard from like she said she heard from like four different sources that Iggy's gonna come to the Lakers yeah and you know what I'm I'm not falling for that shit ever again <laughs> after the whole Kawhi the whole Kawhi well debunk, I mean I ain't ever I, I ain't ever gonna come and fall for that look I Jackie Jackie McMullen's hires than a nephew uh, yeah, I'm not gonna call her uh, a nephew I mean all I gotta say is that you know I mean, we thought that she's of, a reputable sort, like NBA. There were reputable people person, saying that Kawhi yeah. was coming to LA too. So, what? Who? Like Nick Wright or like people on first take? I don't know. I don't know. Blue checkmark guys were saying though. <laughs> Blue checkmark guys were saying that though. Um, but yeah, um, that would be great though. That would be super super because I I feel like this roster on its own right now. I mean, I'm not going to say... I, I think you always have a chance if you have LeBron and AD. Always. Yeah. But I'm not feeling... I'm not feeling like I'm ready to go to war. You know what I mean? And I think if we got a player like uh, Iggy, I would be ready to go to war with the Clips. Because yeah. right now, I give them the upper hand. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think objectively... The Clippers have the upper hand against any other team in the league right now. Yeah, because that's the thing is you bring in uh, Iggy and everybody else slides in one step below. You know what I mean in terms of that that those role players. Mm-hmm. Because right now this is how bad it is. Right now we have Quinn, we have Quinn Cook and Troy Daniels. Like the first we have KCP, Quinn Cook, and Troy Daniels. The first guys coming off the bench. I mean these are all guys with just huge warts in their game, right? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to the postseason, though, like the 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 bench gets a lot shorter from most teams. Yeah, I mean, you're you're really playing like seven guys in the postseason. You know, Would, which is why I think it's so key to have Iggy because yeah, we'll have um, Kyle Kuzma back, obviously. Yeah, but you know, you bring in Iggy and guys right. like Quinn Cook and Troy Downs would not even sniff right the game. You right, know, right. so. You know, and I like I like those players, but you know, 
Troy Cook right now is not 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 cutting Troy it. Cook. <laughs> Troy Cook is not cutting it right now. All right. So um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think I think we really do need Yagi. And there was a little you know little rumor that's been building up about a possible Darren Collison return to that, which NBA would be great team. too. Yeah, I would I would like that. I mean that I think that's a lot more far fetched than Iggy. Yeah, and you and, said he was he's Jehovah's Witness, right? Someone needs to tell him that Dwight Howard needs to be saved. <laughs> I mean, and Darren Collison would be like, all right, I'll Wait, Dwight Howard's a hardcore Christian though, isn't he? Oh yeah, I guess you're right. Okay, LeBron needs to be saved. Or right, I don't know. Someone some some players need to be saved and, and we need uh yeah. We need him witnessing the Jehovah. Oh yeah, he needs to make more money to donate to right. his charitable right. ventures or right. whatever. Right. But I think Iggy is the the guy, the piece yeah. that would complete this team. Absolutely. You know, uh, but that's I don't think we that's not going to happen until you know months later. Uh, but for now, in the early in the early part of this regular season, I feel I think overall I feel pretty good about what I've yeah, seen I so feel far. Yeah, I feel great. I feel great. You know, um, fortunately the playoffs are not around the corner. There's a lot of games to be played. And the Lakers, they have this three-game road trip coming up, so that'll be a good little test for this this team to see how they perform on the road. Yeah, and again, it's so we can't emphasize enough. It's so early; so much can happen. You know, we we were last year this time we were saying not this time, but very early in the season we were saying Tyson Chandler is a game changer. You know what I mean? Yeah, remember that? Yeah, and now look at now look at that that situation just fizzled out so quickly and he yeah, was... he's on the rockets now <laughs> but he he was nothing for us you know he he, right, he, he ended up not playing he much. was mr geriatric after a while you know so hey yeah, disrespectful yeah Tyson Chandler, he was, man. man i mean i i had high hopes for him you know so we don't know your nba vet <laughs> you put some respect on that so name. that's why all i'm saying is we don't know you know we don't know dwight howard right now is just the darling of the lakers media right now of all the Laker fandom, so he just needs to keep keep it up, and he needs to keep doing what he's doing. So, but hopefully we'll see. You know, he, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm I'm just hoping for, and I'm gonna knock on wood right now that you know this team stays healthy. Uh, you know, looks like eighty shoulders bothering him a little bit. Yeah, everybody didn't really to... stop him from getting forty and twenty, but still, it's like you know. Yeah, we were watching the game at a bar, and everybody was. Every time he he crashed to the floor, everybody just gasped. You could hear everybody gasping. <laughs> yeah, he hit the deck quite a bit actually in today's yeah. game. Yeah, which is I I'd rather not see that. Yeah, you know. I mean, he there was one where he landed on his shoulder. Right. Yeah. And by that third quarter, he took over. Man, that was that was. I don't even I don't even remember uh, LeBron doing that ever as a Laker so far. Well, that was Kobe esque. So here's the thing about LeBron. It's like. When I see Kawhi play, I'm like, this guy's a bucket getter. Yeah. Like, he just gets buckets, you know? And I don't think, and I don't want to sound, it's going to sound like I'm hating on LeBron, which I'm not. You better be very careful with your words right now. Which I'm not. You better be very careful right now. One of the 10 greatest players of all time, right? Okay. Surefire. Even that might be disrespectful, but okay. Surefire all-time great. Okay. He's not a bucket getter in in the vein of, like... A Kawhi or a Kobe, you know. Okay. He's just—I just don't think he is. You know, he does that everything might, else amazingly. That might play more into his style of play, 
But I see what you're trying to say. Yeah, I think I see what you're saying. Like, he's not going one-on-one and just going to go on a 12-0 run by himself. Well, I he mean, did he do that, has, though. though. Yeah, he has, he done has though. He has done that. It's just because of his style of play. Is that you don't see him, like, demanding the ball and then just coming in and, like, you know. That's just not what he does. Like, a guy like Kawhi, that's, like, in his DNA to just, like, score the ball. Right. And is that in LeBron's DNA? Well, again, because uh, his DNA is basically, like, of Magic Johnson. You know yeah, you? yeah. So, no, that's that's kind of like what I'm trying to say. Yeah, He's right. more of a Magic Johnson than a than a Kobe. Yeah. You know. Which and you're saying might AD end up which fizz, might end up being role. better, but yeah, but A D Yeah. So A D is like what what can this guy not do? What what does this guy not do very well? Like he's extremely good at everything he's the apple of your eye, I know that. When I'm watching the game and then I look over and he, after he's done something, I'm like your wife better be very careful because <laughs> you are. I mean, I love the guys, obviously, but yeah, he's he's doing things that yeah, very few Lakers have done. Yeah. I mean, every time it's like, is he the best shooter on this team? <laughs> is he the best ball handler on this team? He's the best everything. Is on he the team. best passer on this team? Like, yeah, every when he plays, it's just like amazing to watch. Yeah, which is it's kind of insane because LeBron's on the team, right? Yeah, I mean, you heard it in the crowd, like. Yeah. They were chanting MVP and it was for Anthony Davis. Right. Which says a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because LeBron's on this team <laughs> yeah. too. So there's a lot to be optimistic about. Um of course we would have loved to be four and but three and one is is pretty good too. I think it's good. I think the loss was good. Cause had we be four and I mean the Laker nephews would be in full force like just boner alert i don't think they would have i think they would have just yeah died of just euphoria you know i think i think having a loss set is probably good in the long run to be honest yeah um hopefully hopefully i don't i think they play next at like christmas right or something like that it's gonna be a while now that game gotta win that game Yeah, I mean that that that'll be a more telling game. I feel like. yeah, because I I, I was so this first game loss was was nothing to me. I was uh, pretty bummed out. I know you were, yeah, yeah. but I was like, it, it's just whatever to me. Christmas though, gotta win that one. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of time to shore things up until then. Yeah, you know. But uh, yeah, things are looking good. Uh, like we said, even before the season started championship expectations for the first time in a a long since kobe you know almost a decade yeah so it's exciting to be a laker fan right now you know and that's why we're gonna be here you know giving you these podcasts episodes so you know stick with us throughout the season um and we'll just wrap it up today um but uh yeah coming off a good win uh and a lot more exciting basketball left so with that said thank you guys for listening uh 81 points check us out on twitter email and uh yeah that's it we'll talk to you guys next time thank you for tuning into 81 points we are a los angeles lakers podcast hosted by me chris lim and my longtime friend and co-host chris lee if you like what you heard please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.